welcome back to this week's show. I'm Clark, your host here from PaleoHacks.com. This week on the call, we got Dr. Eric Z. And this was a fun one, man. He's got a lot of energy. Definitely cranked it up a few notches. Uh, As I was editing the call and listening to it again and trying to pull out what uh, what I really liked about it, it was kind of hard to say. I think it was just passion. I mean, there's something about someone who's this passionate about health that makes you want to be healthy. Passion's infectious. Had some slight technical difficulties throughout the call, uh, so I appreciate you if we start sounding like robots. You just got to love the internet. Towards the end, we were talking about essential oils, which is a really, really cool topic we haven't had on this call before, um, so be sure you listen for that. Again, paylorhacks.com is the place to reach us at all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, the whole works. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at Clark at ClarkDanger.com. Last thing before we bring on this week's call, if you like these shows, if you're getting something out of it, if you want to support us, the best way to do that is to go over to iTunes and leave a review. Really helps the show out, boosts us up in the rankings, and we can spread the word about health, wellness, and getting more people on board. Without further ado, you ready for this week's show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go see what my man Dr. Z has to say. Welcome back, Paleo Hackers from PaleoHacks.com. I am Clark, and this is the show where we talk about everything in the paleo-related world and more. Be sure to check on uh, over at PaleoHacks.com for all the recipes, articles, and the mouthwatering goodness over there. With me on the other end is Dr. Eric Z. Dr. Z is a sought-after biblical health educator, motivational speaker, and author. Dr. Z's mission is to provide people with the simple, evidence-based tools that they need to achieve the abundant life. So, Dr. Z, I'm really excited for you to come on the show today. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Clark, it's an honor, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just just looking forward to sharing the message. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, about what we're talking about today because we were riffing a little bit before the call and We've never had this topic with essential oils and aromatherapy and and all that on the show, and it's kind of a kind of a niche thing to get into. So I'm I'm curious your backstory and I, I guess your health journey um, up until this point. How did you get into to health? You know, Clark, I, I was a pretty sick kid, and and the thing is, I like to quantify it. I wasn't like. I didn't have cancer. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't one of those kids that had lupus or a major disease. You know, like when you think of I was a sick kid, people oftentimes think, well, this person struggled with significant issues. Me, it was more chronic illnesses like that plagued my life. And it got to the point where, you know, when I was in third grade, my parents elected to have my adenoids and my tonsils taken out, which are a vital part of your immune system. That's your lymph system, right? Because I kept on getting sore throats all the time. And I, you know, you trace back, I was born in 1980, 35 years old right now, Clark. And back then, you know, breastfeeding and home birth was kind of, you know, taboo. And so my my mom decided to 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 nurse um to not to nurse me, and she decided to feed me through a bottle. And the stuff that I was getting, God knows what it was, right? And it was a lot of filled with pasteurized. And at the time, you know, there was a lot of stuff coming out with GMOs and pesticides and things like that. And I remember Clark being a kid, being a kid just just keeled over with pain, gastrointestinal issues. It really plagued me, man. And when I became a teenager, uh, developed acne, cystic acne, and everything's connected. You know, hopefully we have a chance to talk a little bit about the gut skin brain connection, but I was, I was really a victim of that. Really started messing with my head, had panic attacks, a lot of anxiety issues and stress, fear, it really culminated to even the point where suicidal ideation, just, I was just a miserable person in my young twenties and nothing I could do helped. Self-medicating didn't help my Tums, nothing. And really everything changed when I became a Christian. And that was when I was 23 years old. I had one of those dramatic, I was blind. Now I see I had a very real spiritual encounter with my creator and it dawned on me, I got to take care of myself. And then things started to be revealed as I researched. It was over 13 years ago. I started researching natural health topics and ultimately everything started in the gut. Sugar, 
gluten, dairy, you name it. I started to plug away at a lot of these things and my body odor changed, right? My skin started clearing up. I started getting more energy. I started getting healthier. And so one thing led to another was this was a passion of mine. And I just started helping people, loving on people, encouraging people because I noticed a lot of people were sick. And long story short, the door opened for me to study chiropractic. So I moved my family down to Atlanta, became a chiropractor, fell in love with public health research, and I became a public health researcher. And uh, here I am today trying to share the message with people. Wow, man, that's powerful. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a great story when you get someone who had a lot of problems, uh, worked on themselves, and they're now sharing that with others. That seems to be a, a kind of reoccurring theme in, in the health movement and people who are really passionate behind what they do. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. One of my favorite professors, Dr. Paul Goldberg in chiropractic college said, you know, the best doctor are the doctors that know what it's like being ill, being sick and how to cure themselves. Because, you know, you get a young kid out of school, even if they're 30, you get someone in their late 20s, early 30s who's never been sick. There's no empathy. There's no sympathy. They can't relate. And I got to tell you, that's just part of my story. I had chronic back issues. I had hockey injuries. Like I was really not a healthy person. I'm 35 years old. I'm healthier and stronger and better shape than I've ever been in my life. And I look forward to not turning back, you know? Absolutely. And and so your health conditions were more gut related, you said? Ideally. Ideally, yeah. the the internal issues that I was having with the acne, with the everything, with my weakened immune system, the chronic sore throats. Yeah. And then I also had more musculoskeletal because of back injuries due to hockey. I was just a mess. Hmm. But yeah, everything goes down to the gut. And I'm convinced, I was convinced is because I, I wasn't breastfed. I was fed formula and I was you know, raised on the sad diet, right? The standard American diet. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Bread, Kraft single cheese, and bologna was a typical sandwich for me. And, you know, bless my mom and dad's heart. They did the best they could. We still had fruits and vegetables. But I'm telling you, bro, when we had our dinner, it was canned, you know, string beans and frozen peas. We didn't have a lot of fresh fruits and veggies. And, and it wrecked me. It absolutely wrecked me. And I can go back. And I could see and I can, you know, I have three children and my wife's pregnant with baby Z number four. And I look at my kids and I see the fact, yeah, I see the fact that they don't have the issues that I did. And you know what? They're not vaccinated. They were birthed at home and my wife exclusively breastfeeds our kid till one. We don't give our kids crazy junk cake, even if it's organic, gluten-free, whatever. We don't give them cake on their first birthday. Their first birthday food is like avocado, is mashed banana. Like that's their birthday gift. Like, hey, try food for the first time of your life. We know how important it is for the microfloral balance to breastfeed since you know, immediate. This is birth. So yeah, man, you could trace back. And, um, and again, my mom did the best that she could. And a lot of people in my, my generation, you're noticing the onslaught of autoimmune disease of allergies. I mean, we really shouldn't be allergic to gluten and have this gluten sensitivity like we do today. It's all based down to the gut. I mean, that's proven. Yeah. And so when you were having all those health problems and turning it around, what were some of the things that you started doing to really make the difference and get yourself healthy? Number one, abstinence. I, I absolutely abhor the phrase, everything in moderation. Man, there's no such thing. It's a lie from the pit of hell, bro. Sugar, no moderation. Dairy, no moderation. The bad stuff, no moderation. And I treat sugar like I do a narcotic. Because if you look at it, sugar is literally eight times more addictive than cocaine. And if you have someone just cut off sugar, cold turkey, they get sweats, they get shakes, they detox, it's addictive. Mm. And so the first thing I did was I shunned all the bad stuff that I knew how to do. You just absolutely stay away from it. And thankfully there's alternatives, right? There's honey and maple syrup and there's all kinds of cool stuff you could do. You don't have to eat like rice cakes and cardboard, you know, it's not miserable. We eat a very good tasty diet, but it's, it's number one, it's abstinence. Absolute. So again, pasteurized dairy is killer. There's nothing good about it. Same thing with non-organic GMO filled grains. They're horrible. 
they're absolutely horrible for you because of the glyphosates and because of all the chemicals. It's just not worth it. So I just stayed away from all that stuff and my health started to transform and it was a process. Yeah. It really was a process and it's taken years to where I'm at today. And I know I'm just going to get continue to grow as I get older into an even greater awareness of my body and health kind of a hard message to spread is is abstinence, you know, nothing in moderation, because I think the diet books that sell the most are the ones that say, don't change anything you're eating. And we'll, uh, we have this new sleep pattern that'll make you lose 20 pounds in 20 days, or this new exercise program that's going to really take you to the next level and solve everything or this magic pill. How do you go about encouraging people to uh, take on that more abstinent approach of eating? If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does, man. And and the reality is this. Today's diets cater off of people's weaknesses and addictions. It caters off of people's desires to indulge without equipping them with the solution. And what we do officially, we uh, first and foremost, we don't give the fish, man. We give the fishing pole. We have to educate people on how to do things right. And we also have to convict them. And I do that through research, education, and testimony. And you know what the reality is? Pain is the greatest motivator. Yeah. I mean, if someone is, and I get a lot of medical failures. I get people that like, oh, Dr. Z, I've done this. I've done that drug. I've been on paleo for two years. I've done this, I've done that. Nothing's working. I'm still keeled over in pain. Well, you find out just because someone's on paleo diet doesn't mean that they eat healthy. They're eating I from mean, the dessert cookbooks. Exactly. And so you get down to the basics. And again, pain is the greatest motivator for a lot of people. For me, I'm really trying to reach people on a spiritual level. I'm like, look, it's your spiritual act of worship, man. You got to take care of yourself. It's the only gift I have. Like Clark, I mean, I was born in this world with nothing, with my body. It's the only thing I really, really have. And so I need to take care of it. It's the only thing. And so I've, I feel morally obligated, which is why as I teach biblical health concepts to Christians specifically, because, you know, I'm a Christian and, and I'm like, look, this is where we got to go, folks, because, you know, Christians by and large are some of the unhealthiest people on the planet. I mean, statistically speaking, Southern Baptists are the fattest people in America. Hmm. And that's 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 not a good statistic. I mean, if you think of it. So we got to reverse that trend. And that's my 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 mission, my really my modus operandi is to help people, not just Christian, don't get me wrong, because I do believe I have abundant life truths. And it's getting back to getting back to just nature, getting back to getting in season again, getting back to doing things how we were designed to, because we're so out of whack. We're so out of really who we are supposed to be and how we're supposed to do it. And that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, it's kind of like wherever you go, there you are. And uh, that's like a book or something. And uh, I love that saying because it's true with your body. You know, you only got one. Wherever you go, it's going to be there. So if you don't like how you currently feel or you don't have the energy you want or you can't sleep, I mean, project outward. Project 20 years from now. If you had what you currently have, are you going to feel... Are you going to are you going to like that? Is that what you want? And uh, you said pain's a great motivator. Sometimes like that projecting outward into the future of where you currently are 10 years later is a great motivator too. And so what I'm hearing it come full circle is you kind of get people to take on that more uh, abstinent approach of eating by using pain as a motivator and kind of projecting outward or or some some other things. Well, yeah, I mean, not necessarily, and, I, and thanks for asking that because I want to clarify. Yeah. I, you know, working with people who are the medical failures, working with people who are hopeless, they're clueless. I mean, they come, Dr. Z, what do I do? I've tried everything. That's when they literally will try everything because pain is the greatest motivator. However, I really want to work with people on the front end to be proactive, not reactive, because the reality is just because you feel good doesn't mean you're doing good inside. And, and, you know, these silent killers, people's symptoms sometimes don't start to develop until their forties and their fifties. And then boom, they get cancer. Then boom, they die of a heart attack because oftentimes, believe it or not, a heart attack is the first symptom of a cardiovascular disease. That sucks. I mean, whoa, you know what I mean? It's like, boom, you're 50 years old, you get a heart attack. Hopefully you don't die. And so I try to motivate people. I'm like, look, we got to be proactive do things right. Start slowly, step by step by step. But first of all, first step, always sugar. Number one cause of disease, number one cause of just pain and illness throughout across the board. But then you add things on to folks like, look, we got to take better care of ourselves. Oh, I feel all right. Well, maybe you do now, but we'll talk in 20 years. 
Huh. And you, I try to re, I try to relate to people like, look, I get it. I understand that you feel you can handle this and maybe you have a cast iron stomach. I've heard that so many times. Yeah, right. Because it all adds up and there's a reason why our obesity and heart disease and cancer rates are through the roof based off of comparative studies with other industrial countries. We're sick. Hmm. And the, the stark reality is Americans are sick. We don't do things well. The medical paradigm isn't solving the solution because it has nothing to do with prevention at all. We need to start really preventing disease at the root. So, you know, I, I'll say this too. I don't have a diet. I'm, bi- I'm not a big fan of diets because diets are made to be broken. And people ask me, hey, Dr. Z, what do you do to cheat? I don't cheat. I, I have a lifestyle. I love it. I, I truly love what I do. And I found Clark and I, and I can't pull up a study because I've actually tried to find it. But I've found that my taste buds actually started to change after a couple months. And I've talked to a lot of people. I've heard four weeks, six months, whatever. My taste buds started to change. Like if I were to have a Snickers bar, A, it would just wreck me in you know my GI system. But it doesn't taste the same. It doesn't taste good to me. It's like, yuck. It's just too much. It's too sweet. I get sick to my stomach. That's yeah. why I bring back our babies at one years old. How many kids, it's gross to say, but as a father, I'm speaking to parents here. How many times have you been to a birthday party and you give baby a piece of cake and the baby throws up? It's like, yuck. Hmm. That's what happens because the kids can't handle that much sugar and dairy and grains at one. We're just not made. It's poison. So I don't have a diet. I don't cheat. And when people say, what do you do? I'm like, well, I kind of get crazy. I'm a little, obviously I'm a little intense because it's the reality. I'm seeing my friends and my family die, die. This is literally a life or death issue. And I treat it like that. And so I tell people like, well, you know, do you just go out and, you know, shoot up with heroin? I mean, do you cheat? And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. There's no compromise here. It's that bad. You don't cheat. There's no cheating. And they look at me and then horse, they fringe me out like I'm, I'm dangerous or I'm crazy. But you know what? The reality is, who do you think they go to when they're sick? Like, oh, Eric, Dr. Z, can you help me? Yeah, let's talk about what we shared about last time. And I do it and I'm not judgmental because I got to say, I love everyone. I'm not, I'm speaking very strong now because I'm hopefully to encourage a couple of people to really kind of punch you in the arm a little bit and say, look, we could do this. But the reality is I know what it's like and I know what it's like growing because I've been living and breathing this for 13 years. And, you know, that's a pretty long time. I mean, I know a lot of this stuff pretty well. Hmm. And so I, I encourage people, again, just take baby steps, do the things, stay away from the major bad stuff, and let's focus on the things that give you life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really respectable. I mean, that you practicing it for 13 years and you're not just getting on a call and saying, don't cheat, and then, you know, stuff in your face with Snickers off air and stuff. Like, that, that's a respectable approach to have. I'm So now I'm curious with the people you work with, um, what are you seeing every day? What are you seeing? What's like the most common complaints or illnesses or what are you working in the field with every single day? Yeah, one thing that I'm seeing a lot is just GI issues. It all goes back. It all goes back to leaky gut, autoimmunity. They're all connected. And they're becoming catch-all term. And the reality is no one even knows. I mean, what, there are 80 different autoimmune diseases and it's going to double by next month. I mean, we're just we're just inventing diagnoses. And, and you know, that's, that's a paradigm. I struggle with that because what is diabetes? I mean, how do you define it? It's changed, right? It's, it's a certain level of glucose in the blood, but it's not the same as what it was five years ago or 10 years ago. A lot of our diseases are diagnostic or are, are man-made, are based off of symptoms. And that's a concern because hmm. when you label someone and say, oh, you got this, well, now they're labeled. And now what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to go do what the labeled pro, you know, the regular thing. Okay, take this drug or even take this supplement. Well, how does that, how does that get to the root cause? Like, why do you have issues? So the one thing I'm seeing across the board across the board are GI issues. And it's usually, con- you know, it, it, whatever, it manifests in a different way, whether it's GERD, you know, acid reflux, whether it's constipation, whether it's acne, whether it's eczema, cancer, weakened immunity, all this stuff can be triggered in the gut. And you, whenever you talk to someone who isn't well, you really get down into even their bowel movements and, and what they do and how their stomach reacts to food. You find out it really is the cornerstone of hell. I mean, absolutely. It's a cornerstone of health. So that's where I really start with people. And that's why food is so important. I love that, man. They're treating the symptoms and they're kind of not, there's, 
not necessarily a disease there, but a collection of symptoms, and they're each one of those is getting treated differently. And uh, yeah, so so the preventative side of it, aside from diet, is there any real uh, preventative things that you do with the people you're working with who come to you with this list of symptoms that they or, or the pain that they are motivated to make changes? Like what else? What else do you do outside of diet with them? Yeah. And you know what the thing is, is the one thing I can't give is a protocol because to me, I very much respect biochemical individuality. Again, I'm a 35 year old white guy. What works for me isn't going to work for a 78 year old black woman. I mean, it's just, we have a different genetic makeup and that's my problem with the functional nutrition movement, with the medical movement, whatever it is. If it's a cookie cutter movement, there are a lot of people out there doing this right and treating people as individual, but I'm seeing too many docs out there, even the natural folks, even the folks that, you know, my colleagues, it's just cookie cutter. It's like, oh, you have these symptoms, take this supplement. What's the same thing as saying, well, take this drug. And I don't do that because in fact, believe it or not, I take people off of supplements, typically the first thing. Hmm. I'm like, let's give your body a break. I mean, you're, you're flooding your body with so many different things. Let's really get your stomach a break for a minute. Typically a good idea is a water or a juice fast supervised for a few days, maybe a colonic or an enema just to kind of clear out the colon. And let's start reintroducing foods that we know are safe for you. How? Because you know your body. And hey, if you go to Red Lobster and if you eat shrimp scampi and if you keel over in GI pain, well, you probably should stay away from that kind of stuff. But if you eat something, let's say a nice raw salad and you know specific fruits and vegetables and you feel very good afterwards, well, that's a good sign that, that your body likes that stuff and it's relative. So to me, it's not cookie cutter, man. And that's something that I struggled with when I first started researching this is because you go on the websites, oh, you all have to do this. Y'all have to do that. Well, I got to tell you, I thrive on grains, man. I really do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Sicilian. Um, I come from an ancestral background that we lived on grains, but I'll tell you something though grains that are filled with, you know, the chemicals, the glyphosates and all this stuff that, that, that affects me in a negative way. So it's, I got to get stuff that's good, that's healthy, that's pure. So it's about finding out who you are and finding out what works for you. And ideally you work with someone that you trust, but the reality is you don't even need to work with anyone. You, you can just be educated and listen to your body. Cause the truth is your body is the best doctor. Are you big on testing? I know a lot of people come on and yeah. they, they say get specific. So no on testing? No, and I'm not because what's it going to tell you? I mean, it's not as specific for every food, every antigen. I don't, I don't buy it, man. I really don't. I don't buy it because I'm seeing a lot of these people are coming to me. See, I'm, one of the, I'm like the last case for a lot of folks. Hmm. Like, Dr. Z, I've tried everything. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, let's let's kind of start back from scratch. I mean, really, let's get back. Huh. Let's get back to when you were first born. Like what happened? You had breast milk and then mom started adding soft foods. And, you know, we got to treat things in a sense with kid gloves. I'm not a big fan of testing at all. I think we could self-test a lot. If you know you're completely clueless, you've tried everything. Yeah. But the reality is you want to know if you're allergic to something or have a sensitivity, eat it. How do you feel? I mean, it, it sounds very simple and it is. I mean, the reality is, um, again, a lot of this stuff is debated and do people understand what the tests mean? And here's another problem I have. What are these ranges? Who's going to determine what's normal and what's not? It's all arbitrary. And I'm not a big fan of that stuff, you know, because I do deeply respect our own individuality. We're all unique people. Okay. And so when you're working with someone who's well-versed in the health field and they're still having health problems and they say, Dr. Z, I've been, you know, I've been paleo for two years, but I'm still having issues or chronic fatigue or uh, X, Y, and Z autoimmune disease. I just don't know what to do. And you start peeling it back. Are you finding a lot of hidden, uh, maybe their diet's not as perfect as they say it is, or yeah. maybe there's a lot of stuff in there. And, and what, yeah. so what's the, what sort of stuff are common sticking points for a lot of people that you see time and time again that are quote unquote healthy or following like a paleo diet? You know, here's a perfect story of a lady, just a precious woman. Um, her story is profound because I've never heard of this before. And it's, you even can't find it in, in, in the literature, right? In the research, it's, uh, I don't even know if it's a diagnosis. This woman, every time she'd have her cycle, every, you know, every period, her hands would break out in oozing sores, like blood blisters. And she went to every doctor she could, no one could figure it out. Like every month 
She couldn't even hold a pencil, man. And she has two little kids. She could barely take care of her kids. She had such GI issues, right? Constantly fatigued, all the stuff, like prototypical, what we would consider autoimmune. So you give her, she went to this, um, this uh, quote, uh, progressive place in the area, integrative medicine. They got her on literally a $600 a month or even seven, I think it was $700 a month supplement regimen, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, cause the thing is this, can your body even absorb all that stuff? No, I, I, I refuse to believe that the body can really absorb that mass amount of nutrients and you're virtually peeing and pooping and out. You're wasting your money. So this woman came up to me, like literally a medical failure, a natural path failure, nothing worked, nothing worked. And she goes, what do I do? Got her off all supplements. Hmm. And like, look, you want to cleanse. I walked her through the master cleanse. If, uh, if I don't know if you're familiar with that, Beyonce called it the lemon. She made it famous as the lemonade. Yeah. Love it, man. We got her on that. Really? She, oh yeah. She did that for three weeks and we had her on an essential oil protocol to help her just heal. I do think, you know, essential oils are kind of down the, is it a supplement? Eh, I don't see it as a supplement. Um, but anyway, we got her on some oils because that's something that the body readily absorbs. So we got her on some oils. She did some stuff internally, aromatically, topically. No joke, man. Within two weeks, completely new woman. I mean, she was in her young 40s, new woman. She had the sparkle back in her eye. She looked awesome, felt great. She was just fantastic, just happy. Wow, praise God, my hands don't bleed. I mean, literally, man, can you imagine your hands bleeding? It's just you couldn't grab a pencil every time you have your period. It was debilitating for her. Well, guess what? And this is the answer to your question. Well, she got better, like healed. Like she healed herself within like three weeks. She had a sandwich. I don't know why, I don't, but she had a wheat sandwich and guess what happened immediately? Broke out in sores, her face broke out, her hands started breaking out. Mm. She had such a violent reaction to it and she was actually embarrassed to come to me. She was AWOL for a couple of weeks and I called her. I'm like, hey, I left a couple of messages. I was really concerned with her, right? I'm like, how you doing? I haven't heard from you. She goes, you know, Dr. Z, I was really embarrassed. I didn't want to tell you. I, I you know, I, I did something I wasn't supposed to. And she had such a violent reaction to it. So Clark, the answer to your question is the bottom line is what I'm finding pretty much across the board is people doing things they know not to do and they do it. And whether it's a cheat, whether it's whatever, and that's the problem with cheating, man. If you're cheating, you're always going to go cheat. If it's a lifestyle, you just don't do it. I mean, you just don't do it. That's a powerful story though. Um, all thanks to the Beyonce lemonade diet, right? <laughs> Seriously, man, fasting, prayer, Beyonce lemonade, the make, um, hey, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I got to give Stanley Burroughs a shameless plug, the master cleanse. You can go online. I think of what master cleanse, brilliant man back in the forties. I mean, he's long been dead, but I'm telling you something that has helped me overcome mercury toxicity. Huh. That has helped several people I know. Yeah, the master cleanse ain't no joke. We can talk about that too, but it's a fantastic, fantastic solution for people because it really allows your body to heal from the inside out without you having to crash doing a water fast. And most people aren't yeah. disciplined to just water fast, but what it does, it pumps your body full of just really good carbs like maple syrup and lemon juice that your body will readily absorb. So you still have energy enough, but the cayenne pepper really helps clarify and just, just cleanse because it's a cleansing agent, keeps you warm. And the capsaicin is a fantastic chemical in the cayenne, which is just healing, cures cancer, all kinds of stuff. Huh. Yeah. And so I, I really like it. You have to do it supervised though. If you don't do it supervised, you got to lead up to it. You got to break it wisely. And when you're done, don't go back to eating the way you did because it's kind of like ever here, Clark, when people lose weight and then they fall off the wagon and they gain more weight. Right. It's yeah. like your body gets so yo, yo. sensitive. Yeah, dude. And that's where I'm at because, you know, I used to smoke before I met the Lord and before I became health conscious. I used to smoke like a pack a day. Hmm. I'm very, wow. very sensitive. I did that for five years. I'm very sensitive to cigarette smoking. And I'm telling you, if I ever were to go back to smoking, I just know my own personality. It's going to be more challenging and harder to get off it because the body is basically primed. Same thing for people. Once you quit this stuff, you can't go back. It's poison. It's bad. And your body just, it really messes up with your body's and the whole system. I mean, it just chemically. Yeah. So with the lemonade diet, I, for those people who don't know, it's, it's normally called the master cleanse that involves maple syrup, water, lemon that you squeeze and cayenne pepper. 
and uh, you're supposed to drink that throughout the day and eat no solid foods, and you're supposed to do that for 10, 10 days, correct? It's a, they, Stanley recommends in his book minimum of 10 days, and a key part of this is a saltwater flush in the morning. I'm telling you, for people that are even constipated, I'm getting a oh, – forgive me if I'm misquoting this. I wasn't prepared for this for the talk, but you can get on online, but it's a, it's a liter – it's a liter of water, warm water, with I believe two teaspoons of an iodized sea salt. And it works off the gravity method and osmolarity. It literally just purges your body. You'll have several bowel movements within an hour or two. And that's how you help cleanse yourself. And even if you don't want to do the cleanse, you could still do the salt water flush if you feel maybe a little constipated or you're not as regular as you want. Is that, and an, then is also, that an enema or do you drink that? Oh, no, you drink it, salt water. Okay. Like the first thing in the morning. And I've actually, Clark, adopted huh. this model in my own world. I don't do the salt water because I'm, I'm regular. But to me, first thing in the morning, I'll drink really quick. Like I'll chug four or five glasses of water. Huh. And I just, it helps really just, it helps push and helps stimulate the digestive system, have a nice bowel movement first thing in the morning. But the salt water is a very, very aggressive way of doing it. And just know you're going to be by the toilet for an hour or two. It's just, just, it comes mm. and it kind of comes like, whoa, it comes in waves, but I'm telling you, it's very cleansing. And the whole experience is, is, is enlightening. And I'm telling you, for those people who are spiritually in tune, if you're, if you're on a spiritual journey, which I am, Regardless of what your spiritual persuasion is, you go through something like the master cleanse or a detox for two weeks, you're going to have a spiritual encounter. And I actually encourage people, just don't do it for the physical aspect. And that's the other part of my abundant life model is, is it's just not all are the same. Like, you know, Clark, if your sex life is absolutely miserable, or if your finances, you're in bankruptcy, or if you hate your job, or if your diet, if any one of these buckets, like every part of who we are, if we're not really balanced and enjoying life to the full, it's really going to weigh us down. You know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So when we look at life, I encourage people, hey, when you do this stuff, take it as a spiritual journey because you're going to get so much more out of it. And here's the other part, accountability. Because if you're only accountable to how you feel, you're always going to fall back. And to me, I feel so I feel so blessed and I'm accountable to my maker to really take care of myself. I have no excuse to cheat. If I do... God forbid, right? And so there is that accountability where I'm just not doing this for me. It's not selfish. I'm doing this for an other purpose. And also, I've received a lot of enlightenment, revelation, understanding. Because when you clear your body of all that sludge, your body can just really start to, your your brain thinks differently. You're clean. Uh, I'm, and we could talk a lot about that, but I'm a big fan of colonics too. Because I remember my first colonic, I felt like I was walking on cloud nine. I literally felt unbelievable because I had so much impacted fecal matter over 23 and 24 years of my life. Just having that purge through me, unbelievable experience. You just feel light. That's how we're designed to feel. We shouldn't have so much in our colon. It's really weighing us down. Metabolic burden on the body. We can see immune system and really primes ourselves for cancer and all slew of diseases, man. It's all connected. So with the saltwater flush, if I try that tomorrow, the, yeah. the water and the deionized table salt in it, uh, what's the protocol for that? Because I want to try it and see, yeah, it, yeah. see if it works. Um, and again, forgive me if I'm misquoting this and go to mastercleanse.org or whatever the website is. Um, it's, it's a liter, you know, four cups okay. of uh, lukewarm water. And I believe it's two teaspoons. I, I'm pretty sure it's two teaspoons of the sea salt. And you just mix it up and you just chug it, man, and watch what will happen. It's, it's a very, very cleansing experience. And uh, you do that on a regular basis. And my wife will actually do that too, especially if during an allergy attack or something. Because mm -hmm. again, we want to have the body moving. We do not want to have any, uh, we basically do not want to slow down the GI tract. Okay. And that's what a lot of folks are doing just because of the foods that they eat, stress, anxiety, you name it, all of it affects the GI system. It's all interconnected. Do I have to do it at a certain pace? Can I sip it or am I supposed to chug it? Yeah, I recommend drinking it as you can. If you personally, I try to just take it down. Um, again, you're thinking like the gravity method. So kind of think of it as like just, you know, it's it's flowing through. It's kind of pushing things out. I have found that if I sip it over an hour, it's not going to work. You really kind of okay. make it a point to drink the whole thing in 10 minutes, let's say. Mm. Um, for those of you who are new, me, I could just chug it. 
and I'm pretty disciplined because I've done it enough. But yeah, do it maybe over a course of five, 10 minutes and stand. That's the other thing. Good. And thanks for asking me. This is what I found. You can't just do it and go back to bed. Again, it's working on the gravity method, which is really kind of, which we need to, we need to be squatting more. You know, I love these um, squatty potty things. We can't be sitting down how we do things when we, especially when we, uh, you know, go have a bowel movement, gravity method. It's one reason why my wife's been able to give home birth because she yeah. does it squatting. So when you're doing this, stay standing, um, walk around the house a little bit. For me, first thing in the morning, hop in the shower, man. You're in the shower for 10, 15 minutes, whatever you do, you're walking, you're getting, you're getting, you're walking around the house, you're getting things ready. Um, make your breakfast and, and, you know, watch. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a light bulb go off when you're talking about gravity. I don't know why it's never clicked, but it just makes so much sense that when you're standing all your weight, you know, the, the ground's giving you an equal force and you're pushing down on all the gravity, everything's moving downwards. But when you sit or lie down, it does, you don't have that gravitational force. And so that's, that's why a lot of these issues, if we're not moving, well, part of it's physically moving, you know, 10,000 steps a day, whatever, whatever. But another part is just standing and having the gravity move move you, so to speak. We are designed to be upright. We are not designed to be on all fours. If not, you know, we're bipedal, bipedal creatures. Women are designed not to give birth on their back with stirrups. It's the most unnatural position. It's really mostly convenient for the obstetrician. Um, It closes the the pelvis. Same thing with pooping. Same, you know what I mean? Same thing with peeing. Everything where we're designed to really work. You can see more and more how our lifestyle in America has taken us away just from our design. The reality is we've been created in such a way to function. And it's about tapping into that reality. And once you realize, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> My body does work better this way. Well, yeah, it's simple plumbing. I mean, it really is. It boils down to it. It's simple construction. You got to know how your house is made and you got to work. And you just work within the parameters and then you become victorious. A lot of people are victimized by ignorance and they're victimized by the system. And you, especially it's enlightening to go overseas, travel different countries and see how they live. I mean, like, oh, that makes sense. Why don't I do it that way? Just because it's in America doesn't mean it's the best way. And that's something that a lot of us in America struggle with is our pride, this innate pride that, hey, we're the richest country in the world, not anymore, but we were. We're the most powerful country in the world, arguably not anymore. We had this complex that if you don't do it our way, it's not the right way. Man, that really hit us hard in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And here we are, sick, fat, diseased. We don't know what to do. We're clueless. People are going now. Medical tourism is such a key topic and such a key, um, it's a key industry because people are going overseas to get their health care because they're not finding it in America. So it's, yeah, we are ripe for a revolution, man. Last question on that kind of salt water flush thing. Um, it doesn't matter if I have coffee or food in that time while I'm waiting for the bowel movement. No, if you're not cleansing, like if you're doing the cleanse, of course you're not doing anything. But you could drink your your lemonade mixture. No, I've actually found to me, um, I really enjoy my smoothie, and I really find feel because the smoothie um, is very heavy. I drink my my whatever super green smoothie I want to have that I make fresh in my vitamin mixture. If I drink my smoothie about 10, 15 minutes after I do the salt water, that really gets things moving. And the reality is, sometimes I don't have an hour and a half or two hours to wait. I want to kind of push it along a little bit. And so I kind of do that, um, you know, and being a father of three, you know, your, your mornings are a little more constrained. I don't have the freedom as a single guy to do what I want when I want to do it. You know, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> good freedom. Question, yeah. Uh, so I, there's no elegant segue to this, but essential oils, another topic I want to hit on. I know we got, uh, looks like 10 more minutes or so before we, uh, yeah. we have to get out. And I, we were planning on doing a whole show around essential oils and aromatherapy because uh, I know that's your thing. You're really big on it. And it's a, it's a great topic that we haven't had on the show. So maybe this is a preview for the next time we have you on fully. But um, kind of dive into that. Give, it, give us like the 101 or maybe your story into essential oils or what they mean to you and how you got started researching them and using them. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, just want to, to share with people. Um, we got 10 minutes. I, I wish we had an hour and a half, two hours. And then we could really dive into it. So I, I want to encourage you all to go to my website drericz.com. I actually put together a database. It's one of the most exhaustive databases I know on the internet. Um, I'm launching a brand new one when we got all the 101. So I'm going to take back from an article I wrote on aromatherapy 101 because you kind of get into the basics, nitty gritty. 
So an essential oil is really, uh, it, it, the easiest way of understanding it is it's nature's innate protection. It's nature's innate ability to ward off vectors like bees, flies, you name it, but it's also nature's innate healing mechanism. So all of them, virtually all of them are antimicrobial. Virtually all of them have a curative property and you'll find whether it's infection, whether it's tumors, cancers, whatever it is in the plant, also in humans, it's unbelievable what these things do, but they're chemicals. They're actual chemicals in the plant. There's no vitamins or minerals. They're terpenes and alcohols and ketones and esters, things that you're only going to learn about in organic chemistry class, right? So there is no such thing as a, an essential oil pool. I mean, you're not going to find essential oils in nature because they're in the plant. They're in the leaves, the stems, the bark. They're everywhere. They're in the flower. So when you extract them, you can extract them from steam distillation. You can extract them from cold pressing. Those are like the citrus. So to make it all home for people, um, Clark, have you ever uh, cut a lemon or an orange or a lime with a knife and your hands are a little greasy afterwards? All the time. That's the essential oil in the rind. So what you do is you actually get the rind. You don't get the fruit. You get the rind. You cold press it. Hmm. And one, I mean, uh, what is it? 45 lemons will equal the oil from 45 lemons will fill up a bottle. And I actually got one right here because I always diffuse next to my office. A 45 lemons will create a bottle like this. This is a 15 milliliter bottle. And you got about 250, 300 drops in here. And so that, again, this is 45 lemons worth. And also if you're looking at lavender, I mean, various reports, I mean, up to like 1,500 pounds of um, lavender hmm. in, or 100, 150 pounds of lavender, uh, over a million rose petals just to get this stuff. So you got to extract them. And the thing is, is that people have been using essential oil-based remedies since the beginning of time. I mean, just looking at the Bible and the holy anointing oil where God said, hey, put cassia, myrrh, cinnamon, and calamus in a bunch of olive oil. Well, that was basically extracting the essential oil out of it. Nowhere did they have the distillation procedures that we have today. Like today we have such great distillation procedures that we could really purify and filter down and get nothing else. We do have distillation records like to Pompeii 3,500 or so years ago. But again, what they produced versus what we did versus their steam distillation was nothing. So our oils are so potent and you always have to distill them and use them. I'm sorry. You always have to dilute them and use them wisely because they're Okay, so it has a strong history of use. They're very potent. They exist everywhere. They've been used for a while. How are they used today? What are kind of some common applications of essential oils? What are people using them for in the modern world today? You know, Clark, natural, um, what, I, what I tell people is essential oils are the natural solution to virtually every um, Every, every desire you might have to reach your natural health goals. And that's with do it yourself. That's mm. replacing your toxic cleaners. That's with uh, replacing, potentially replacing uh, pharmaceutical interventions, um, avoiding surgeries. I mean, really there's, there's a limitless amount of ways of using essential oils, even to flavor your food. So the thing is there's three primary ways of using oils. One is aromatherapy and that's really the, the oldest record that we have. And that's from people, even in tribal areas, tribal nations burning leaves, right? And that's something that people have done. Even today in India, there's a practice called, um, well, I, I don't actually, I don't even know the practice name, but they burn frankincense, which is also known as dupe, D-H-O-O-P. And that's just a ritual. And I, I interviewed a lady who cured herself a multiple myeloma, which is an actual cancer in the blood marrow. It's one of the most deadly cancers. She used frankincense, um, the resin, she used turmeric, she used all kinds of herbal remedies. And she told me, you know, Eric, frankincense was a big issue. And going back home, she said, everyone poured to rich. It doesn't matter. It's part of the ritual that they would burn the frankincense resin. They do it for spiritual purification, but we have found that frankincense actually can kill airborne pathogens and it does more than just purify the air. It actually can help bring healing mechanisms. So these are things that people have done. Again, how long have you known or how long have you heard that um, aromatic use like uh, incense has been around? Since yeah. the beginning of history, it's essential oils. Secondly, as the essential oils have been used in like poultices, extracts, hydrosols, whatever, you have a topical application, like the anointing oil. And so that's very beneficial to put on this for a variety of mechanisms. Again, it all depends on what you're trying to do. You're trying to replace, kick out the lotions and potions that have all the bad chemicals in it, or you're really trying to treat something like eczema or cancer. And also, last of all, is some 
somewhat controversial, but to me, it's a no-brainer. It's um, internal. And I say it's a no-brainer because if you look at what natural flavorings are, right, not just alter, all artificial flavorings, but you go look up what, quote, natural flavorings are. The FDA has it in the disclaimer. Um, a majority of our natural flavors are based off of essential oils. And essentially, they're synthetic or man-made essential oils. They're bastardized. And so I can't have a lot of natural flavoring. It gives me a headache. My body sensitive to this stuff. So I love, I love my essential oils internally. Again, I do them safely. I know which ones to use. I know which ones are not because some are too potent, like winter green and blue chamomile. You don't want to ingest those. There are a few on the no-no list, but most of them by and large, you could use wisely. So just for the sake of time, what are maybe like three of your favorite uses of essential oils? These are the things that you recommend to your family members or your friends or when people hear you about essential oils and they're, they have to go real quick. What are like three things that you use essential oils for? Um, Clark, number one is stress. Number one is stress management next to sugar, which I know I've, I've, I'm sorry, I've stepped on everyone's toes about sugar today, but it's, it's, my, it's my job. So I'm sorry, but man up and woman up, we can do this, right? So stress is next to sugar, the number one cause of disease. It's been linked to every inflammatory condition. It, it creates an inflammatory cascade, which has been linked to atherosclerosis, cancer, weakened immunity, everything. So we got to manage our stress. And how do we do it? And I don't know about you, but where I live, I live in Atlanta. It's a very stressful environment. I mean, you wake up and you might be having a stressful situation at home. You get in the car, you go to work and you're dealing with the stress and the anxiety of, you know, traffic. And then you go to work and your job is stressful and you go home and traffic. It's just really, we live in this hyper um, sympathetic state where we're always like this, right? So aromatherapy is by far number one that I've experienced and what I could see in the literature of helping reduce that stress response. And do I have time to talk a little bit about that research study I told you about before we got on or do we have to dive into the next topic? No, I would love to hear that. Uh, cool. Been, yeah, go for it. Cool. So I, I, I'm going to read a little bit because I want to quote this right. Um, this was um, in uh, 2012 that Vanderbilt Hospital in Tennessee, you know, the Vanderbilt Medical System, they tested nurses and their stress response. And here's the thing about folks we don't recognize about the medical field. It's a highly stressful environment. And I think we take that for granted um, because if we didn't, we'd probably treat them a lot better. And unfortunately, a lot of people abuse their nurses and their doctors. I mean, you got to think about it. It's a horrible environment to be in. I mean, it smells like urine. It smells like fecal matter. There's death. There's sickness all around. The aroma in and of itself is, doesn't lend itself to joy. And then you're dealing with the stress of people not feeling well. And who wants to smile and say thank you when you're battling something, right? So I get it. Yeah. And, 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 and here's the thing, though staff, they, they tested nurse or they questioned nurses and before they did an intervention and all their intervention was Clark dig this was having diffusers aromatherapy in their nursing stations scattered throughout the hospital. Hmm. And they found that 41, and this is key, 41% of every nurse that was tested, that was part of this um, study in 2012 um, reported that they felt stress quote, very often. Like we're not talking once in a while, like they're pretty much chronically stressed. That's like almost 50% of everyone there. After using essential oils, after using essential oils for 30 days, guess where that went to? 20. Give me a number. Three. 3%, 41% of everyone in this study reported stress very often plummeted down the 3% of the people, 3% of the participants. And what were they doing? Simple. They were diffusing like citrus oils, lemon, orange, bergamot, lime, the citrus oils, which have been known for centuries, millennium to help boost mood. And here's the other thing, staff that felt overwhelmed, and that's a big issue. Burnout in the medical system leads to suicide. It leads to a slew of problems. 25% of every nurse in this study reported that they felt being overwhelmed. After 30 days of aromatherapy, they got tested again, it dropped to 2%. I mean, that's pretty profound. Hmm. And then here's the other thing too, this is pretty cool too. So let's say you have a stressful job, how well do you handle it? 13% of these nurses reported that they felt equipped to handle the stress that they were dealt with at work before oils, just 13%. So you gotta think of it. 87% of every nurse in that hospital 
didn't feel adequately prepared that they had what it took to handle the stress of the day. After using essential oils, just simply put, just passively having aromatherapy, 58% of those nurses said, you know what, I feel confident I can I could handle today. And then last of all is energy, because that's another thing, it's all interconnected. Um, 33% of the nurses reported having optimal energy. And that is such a that is such a gazing statistic because it's such a draining job. You're on your feet all day. You're just pouring your heart out to people that are oftentimes ungrateful. It's really, it's like the Mother Teresa. How do you do it? Well, simply aromatherapy, 77% of nurses felt and reported that they had optimal energy just from aromatherapy. Mm. So the reality is aromatherapy works in the limbic system. Once we breathe something, so folks, to put it into perspective, this, I always tell about my story because I get headaches when I go into Michael's or my old Aunt Irene, God bless her soul. She lived in the heart of Detroit. She never opened up her windows. And I don't know what perfume it was, this God knows what musk. And I just remember going to Annie Irene's house when I was a kid and just almost immediately getting a headache. It was just like, oh, this is horrible. And then I, my headache would stay until I went outside and get a breath of fresh air. Well, that's how quick the response is. I mean, that's the reason why cocaine addicts snort cocaine versus injecting it because it's the fastest way of getting a high. It's the fastest way of affecting your brain is by breathing it because your nose is filled with millions of nasal mucosa, which are those nerve cells. And once those nasal mucosa touch the volatile organic compounds, which we know as smell, it immediately affects the brain, immediately. Hmm. Hmm. So why not use the reverse? So one of the greatest things I did for my health was kicking out all those aerosols, those wall plugins, those all the smelly stuff because those things have been linked to neurotoxicity, dementia, Alzheimer's, and cancer, not even including ADHD and the slew of learning disabilities. And I'm going to conjecture autism because, I mean, you got to think of it. We live in such a scented environment. You can't find unscented stuff conventionally. It's, it's very hard, right? You go to every store. You go to the public restroom. Everything has a smell to it. And you know what really trips me out, Clark, is when you go to the restroom and then you hear this like, psst, right? You hear yeah. that, psst. What is that? I'm like, what are you doing to me? It's like they're 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 poisoning us, man. That's bad. That's chemicals. And we're not designed to smell that stuff. We use aromatherapy, diffusers. You can make you can have your own spritzer. You can have your own aeros um, non-aerosol kind of spray that you could put in the house. There's so many different solutions. So the public so restrooms just need to get on the Bergmount essential oils, man. Man, orange, can you imagine? And you know what's really fun? I know some people that are entodontists and oral surgeons, and they actually diffuse essential oils during surgery. Huh. And I don't know about you, Clark, but going to the dentist isn't my like favorite thing in the world to do. And I've had some serious dental issues, especially when I was a kid because I ate too much sugar and junk. And so I had, you know, I, I dealt with bad teeth. Thank God I haven't had a cavity in over 20 years because I take care of myself now. But man, I have memories, like vivid memories of being in like chronic and just being in pain, being worked on at the dentist. Well, you use aromatherapy and these entodontists are reporting some great results. Their patients are happier. Hmm. They're responding well. Yeah, it's, it really yeah, changes the mood. So with, um, the only thing that kept popping in my head with essential oils and diffusions and all that stuff is what if someone's like allergic to citrus? Wouldn't that affect them? Again, it's a different chemical compound. I mean, people, what are they allergic to? Um, we have found, and, and this is something that everyone has to test, but the reality is I have not seen a direct one-to-one -one correlation on any level. It's not in the research. It's not from the people I've talked to. It's not on the testimonials on the internet. People might be allergic to orange, mm -hmm. like the actual orange, but I'm not seeing that those people are actually allergic to the oil. Again, you got to consider it's a different chemical component than the orange itself. And in fact, you're not even getting much orange oil unless you're eating the rind. Yeah. So, you know, you're eating the fruit. So it's a good question. Uh, there is such a thing called sensitization, and that's something that aromatherapists really stress people to be cautious of. And that's putting oils on your skin um, without diluting it. And that could cause an adverse reaction because your body can actually kind of get an allergic response to it. Mm -hmm. You always want to dilute. You always want to use safe practices. Okay. Cause, yeah, because in my mind, I was thinking, uh, I was just playing that through because I know a lot of yeah. the allergic reactions are due to the proteins. They're not actually due to like the, the, the compounds. Exactly. And, yeah. and so that would make sense. But then I thought about, yeah. you know, peanuts and how people sometimes can smell peanuts and go into anaphylactic shock if it's that bad. And so I'm like, oh, there might still be something there with just the smell of it. Um, I know this is like a minute detail, but it was, it was well, it's a good question, me. though. It's a good question. But is it the peanut or is it the mold that's on the peanut that they're that they're inhaling? You know what I mean? 
Because most of the time, it's actually the mold that people uh-huh. are allergic to, not the actual peanut itself. Because peanuts, like conventional coffee, uh-huh. are so are so mold ridden. It's it's a disgusting plant, huh. and you always always get um, organic peanuts. I mean, I would never. I and that's another thing. Now that I'm at where I'm at, 13 years, sugar, non-organic peanuts, non-organic grains, like these are like pasteurized milk. No, no, like there's no compromise. Yeah. What um, about what about the baseball? Game? I can't be getting those anymore. Love you, man. <laughs> no, bro. You can't even have the popcorn there. It's horrible. You know, I got to tell you, we we specialize in bringing our own food. I actually just uh, I did a webinar recently and I gave my tribe, my my email list, uh, an ebook for Thanksgiving. B-Y-O-F, bring your own food. Be an expert. And you know what? When you tell someone I'm, I have allergies or food sensitivities, people are so sensitive to that now. They not they weren't 20 years ago. They thought yeah. you were crazy. Now they're freaked out, right? My, my kids, they go to a private school. It's a nut-free zone. Like why? Because so many, you know, one kid has an allergy. So you, it's locked down. Yeah. So people are much more receptive. But yeah, um, we don't eat out much and if we do it's at very selected places and when we do go to the movie theater or the ball game we're either bringing our own snacks and if they won't you know what we just fast the snack for a couple hours and you know that's the other thing we don't need to eat as much as we do man you know i mean what time is it it's five o'clock and i've had like a half an apple today i had my matcha green tea with my maca i i make this awesome latte i don't eat three meals a day i eat when i need to I eat when i feel like i you know what i mean so th- there's a whole different design to food um, which one reason why i do like the paleo movement because it really brings us back to like like what do our ancestors do so i like that about it and it's really about going back to what we need not what we want absolutely dr z our time has come to a close man i mean we could keep talking awesome. for for three more hours you're a fun guy to talk with and, and hey man thanks definitely have to get you back on you're welcome anytime um but i just wanted to wrap it up with where people can find out what you're working on so what what are you up to these days what my my big project uh my buddy dr josh axe and donna gates from body ecology and Dr. Josh Axe from DrAxe.com, we're putting together a gut summit. It's called You Heal Your Gut Summit. We have 35 of the top experts in mm. really how to heal disease from the inside out. And we recognize that virtually every disease can be connected to the gut, cancer included, autoimmunity, you name it, allergies. And that's that's live. You can actually pre-register today for free. It's one of those free online summits by going to Natural Gut cures.com pre-register it's from uh january 18th to the 25th and just kick off your new year right folks i mean you have an opportunity just to really start on the right foot okay thanks and, and yeah. so so natural gut cures.com and yep. uh, that's the gut summit that's going to be going on now yeah. and uh people can learn all about what we kind of more stuff we talked about today like the stress and maybe some essential oils in there what everything what's, everything's in there Oh yeah. Yeah. I gave it, you know, I just, I delivered a 45 minute talk, just jam packed with gut and oils. We have folks, just foremost experts talking about everything from the microbiome to stress, anxiety. Um, again, we have a whole day devoted to cancer because that's something that's very dear and near to my heart, mm-hmm. cancer experts, everything. I mean, really we, we touch base because the rate 70 to 80% of your immune system exists in the gut because that's where the, the white blood cells generate from the intestines, right? So if, if we neglect gut health, we're going to be sick people. And so true healing, true healing, most of the time starts in the gut. What was like the biggest insight you heard from an expert in the gut summit? Did you have like one that was like, man, I didn't, I didn't know that before. Like today, you know, I had that gravity insight, that aha moment. Did you have an aha moment putting together the summit at all? Ah, you know, nothing's coming. You know what? Nothing's coming to me the trailer, actually. The trailer, the one thing, I we put together the trailer, and it's just moving, was the stark reality of like Donna Gates from Body Ecology. She, she, You're going to see this trailer, and you're going to listen to her, and her story is how she's had a dream. It's a reoccurring dream for her about these kids in a bus. And the kids are talking, they're hanging out, they're on their iPads, they're doing their thing, and next thing you know, the bus crashes against a brick wall. And it's like, it's pretty vivid, right? And she goes, this is where we're at. We're not changing our diet. We're getting sicker and weaker, and we're just not equipped to handle the stressors of the day. And unless we do something now, this is critical mass. So what I got, I didn't get information. I didn't get research. I got like 
this is like the crunch time. If we don't do something now, it's our kids and our kids and our kids, kids, kids that are going to be affected because we don't even know. We don't even know the genetic ramifications of all the junk that we do with GMOs and pesticides and all that. So that was my biggest takeaway is just a sense of urgency. Okay. Awesome, man. Okay. And, and then aside from the, uh, the gut summit, uh, where can people find you and what you do? Uh, is it drz.com or what's your website? Yeah, it's it's drericz.com and that's drericz.com. And um, I got, you know, I'm really proud of my essential oil database and I have a lot of biblical health content where we talk about everything from supplements to natural remedies and got a lot of inspiration out there because I know people need to be inspired. We've got a lot of great images and a devotional. So thanks, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it really, thank you again for having me on. It's an honor. Appreciate what you're doing. And, and also you had some great questions for me. You kept me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Eric. You're a fun guy to talk to, and we'll have to get you back on soon. All right. That week's show with Dr. Eric Z, brought to you by PillarHacks.com. Got a little extra bonus there. This is the first show we've had that's gone over an hour. Clearly a lot to talk about, and we'll definitely get Dr. Z on. Again, that was like one of the first things I thought of as soon as the call was over was, man, we could talk for probably three hours and not cover stuff. PaleoHacks.com, the place to reach us. Again, social media links, just follow PaleoHacks. And if you want to get a hold of me, feel free to reach me at ClarkDanger.com or go on YouTube. I'm doing a lot of videos on uh, mindset, journaling, gratitude, all this stuff. That's, that's really where I'm focusing all my energy this year. Next week... We have Nagar Fanuni coming on. We're talking about gratitude, meditation, mindset, and how that relates to fitness and empowering women. Um, definitely a cool show. I love that one, too. We've had really great guests, uh, really, in 2015, I think, was one of our best years for this show. I'm really looking forward to 2016 with you all. Let us know exactly what you want. Leave a review on iTunes, on the iTunes page. Or email me at Clark at ClarkDanger.com. Let me know guests, topics, whatever you want on this show for 2016. Um, and we'll try and make it happen. That's all I got. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>